welcome to the Rebel Alliance Media Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, with your other host, Nate. How's it going, Chris? Cannot complain, my friend. How are you? Not too bad. That's We're good. We're finally getting this thing going, so I'm pretty excited about that. It's been a long time coming, Nate. Yeah. What are you drinking today? Uh, coffee and water. Coffee and water. <laughs> As I drink most days. Two of the good Puritan drinks, Nate. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> That's wonderful. Nate. I think a lot of our listeners will want to know, first off, who the heck are we? That's probably a pretty good question to answer on our first podcast. So my name is Nate Wright, and I'm a pastor at Crossroads Alliance Church, uh, which is in Ingersoll, Ontario. Uh, I've been in ministry for a number of years, but I've been here at Crossroads for uh, just about three and a half. Uh, And uh, Chris and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, we've really just kind of had a heart to... uh, Use technology, use social media in a way that glorifies God and in a way that uh, allows us to talk about what we love, theology and nerdy stuff, <laughs> to a, uh, an audience that we uh, don't, wouldn't otherwise have access to. So um, I love theology, I love the Bible, I love talking about it, and so uh, being able to get together and talk on a podcast where we can combine some of the things that we love and uh, talk about culture and uh, what the Bible has to say about culture. Sometimes as Christians, we, we go to church and we, we learn about the Bible, and sometimes it's the application part that is uh, missing. So getting on here and just talking about what it means to be a practical Christian in uh, the world that we live in, and uh, and if we can bring some nerdy stuff to, to bear on that, because some of uh, the other conversations that occupy my day is uh, about Star Wars and about comic books and about movies and about TV shows. Uh, so it's really just about uh, bringing those things together. So who the heck are you, Chris? Well, I'm the other guy, Nate. I'm the guy who does all the work. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm the guy. I'm a friend of yours. I'm a Bible college student. And I just, same thing. I love theology and I love nerdum. And I just really think those two things need to be merged together so we can show the gospel through all the things that are out in culture. Because culture needs the gospel more than they need anything else. And we're here to bring it to them today, Nate. So we were both relatively nerdy growing up. Yes. Yes. And when I was in public school, you were in public school many years before I was. That's not true, Nate. But (laughs) being a nerd wasn't quite as cool as it is now. No, it really wasn't, Nate. When I was a kid, being a nerd was out. You wanted to be an athlete. So I had to pretend to be an athlete. Where now, I could be a nerd, wear the the Darth Vader t-shirt, and I'd get all the girls. So... (laughs) <laughs> that's debatable but so was it shows like the big bang that made nerds cool again i think the big bang really helped make nerds cool because you know on the show they're portrayed in a in a good light but i think it's a lot of different things there was the oc with seth he really helped bring nerdum to the to the that's forefront that's true that's true but really just grunge music in in general really portrayed the nerd as a good as a good thing and i think that really portrayed in culture because nerds there's more nerds than there are superstar athletes, and they took over, and they started making TV shows, movies, where they're the hero, right? So what you're saying is nerds aren't any more cool. There's just more of them making content. Yeah, they're the policymakers now, mate. <laughs> right. All right, sounds good. Either way, we're able to make this podcast now in 2017, so I'm all for it. Sounds like a plan. Okay, so that's who we are. So now the question is, what are we doing here? What's this podcast all about? Well, Nate, I think it'd be a good idea to start with our name. So why the name Rebel Alliance Media? Rebel Alliance. Well, um, obviously, it's a nod to Star Wars. We've talked about how much we love nerdy stuff, and Star Wars uh, is nerdy. 
But uh, Rebel Alliance were the good guys in Star Wars. If you don't know, uh, if you didn't know that, then we'll talk a little bit later about why you should know that. But the Rebel Alliance were uh, kind of the the good guys in in Star Wars, and they were battling the evil Galactic Empire. And what, one of the things we recognize as we read the Bible, uh, and we uh, like the idea of uh, theology and understanding culture through a biblical worldview, is that when Jesus gave uh, what we know as the Great Commission, right? Go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey, uh, we recognize that what he was telling his disciples to do was go out into a dark world, go out into a hostile world, and uh, and recruit people, and go out there and, and bring people into our kingdom. In fact, Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 13, talks about how Jesus has taken those of us who are in the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. And so we think, hey, uh, Rebel Alliance, they had to go into the galaxy. They had to uh, combat the evil forces of the day. And that's not unlike our Christianity. We're, we're the outsiders. We're the rebels. We're the ones who uh, believe in something different. And so culture will continually be propagating lies. And uh, it's the Christian's job to go into a dark world and shed some gospel light, just like it was the rebels' job to go into a dark galaxy and fight off the Empire and Darth Vader, etc., etc. Okay, so there's obviously just as well our love for Star Wars. So Rebel Alliance, uh, nod to the good guys in Star Wars. Um, so we love the film, we love Star Wars, you love Star Wars, Chris. So why is it that you would tell everybody, pause the podcast right now and go watch Star Wars if you haven't seen it before? Why should every Christian watch and love Star Wars? Well, there's three reasons, Nate. Han Solo lightsabers, stormtroopers. Those three things are the main three things that people need to watch with Star Wars. One, Han Solo is awesome. I love you, Nate. I know. You can't beat that content. That's good. It's, it's true. Lightsabers, they're fire on a stick, people. Swords that are fire. You can't think of, you can't draw these things up when you're a kid. When you were a child, the first thing you thought of is like, I wish I had a sword that was made of fire. Fair enough. And the third thing, armor of stormtroopers, and they can't hit anything. That's awesome. It's awesome if you're part of the Rebel Alliance. It's not so awesome if you're part of the Empire. Well, I'm obviously part of the Alliance, right? Right. So uh, stormtroopers, yeah, stormtroopers were wicked when you were a kid. But uh, it's funny, you go back and keep watching Star Wars, and you realize that throughout the first original trilogy, they really don't hit anything. They almost made it a joke unintentionally. The only thing they hit is their head on the beams. Remember yeah. that scene? So the, the new, I mean, obviously, uh, hey, current culture, guys. Uh, George Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney. Uh, well, to, how, how do you feel about that, Chris? I, I feel great about it, but I don't know if you've noticed, but since they did that, the stormtroopers have gotten a lot better. Right. So that's my point is Disney is a lot better at training stormtroopers than George Lucas, evidently. Well, apparently Disney is part of the evil empire. Mm, interesting. I like it because it just means more Star Wars. We get more films. But when we say you love and you should watch Star Wars, do you mean all Star Wars or are you talking about the original trilogy? Well, the original trilogy is the main thing. But Rogue One and Force Awakens are great as well. Put the Star Wars movies in order so that our listeners can give us some credibility here. Uh, number one is clearly Empire Strikes Back. Uh, second one, I would probably go with Return of the Jedi. Then A New Hope. 
Then I probably go to, I liked Rogue One. I'll go Rogue One. Then I'll go Force Awakens. Then, then you get into the the second trilogy. Uh, probably Revenge of the Sith, Clone Wars, and uh, what was the one with Darth Maul called? Phantom Menace. That's my order. What about you? Well, I'm appalled that that is your order, Nate. What? Empire, you clearly got that right. But Return of the Jedi? No, 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 my friend. A New Hope is the second best Star Wars movie. Luke, coming into his own, blows up the Death Star, committing genocide. But we'll forget about that for a moment. And Han Solo, shooting Guido, because he shot first. So, hold on a sec. The first Star Wars doesn't have the lightsabers in it that you're going on and on about. The third one, Return of the Jedi is where you see in all the Star Wars uh, lightsaber play. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Darth Vader. How how, How much of an honest lightsaber duel did you see there? What I saw was a clunky guy in an outfit and an old man who are kind of jostling back and forth. Nate, I'm shocked that the other guy has to pass out to the pastor that Obi-Wan Kenobi laid down his life for his friends. I would have thought you would have been the one that clung to that right away, Nate. Well played, well played. But in Return of the Jedi, Vader finally gets his redemption moment. We would call it his point of conversion when he realizes the error of his ways and repents and ends up killing the Emperor. It's not a perfect analogy, but you get the moment of Vader's redemption. I like that. That's good. See, I would say the seed was planted by Obi-Wan, though, at the beginning. I don't have a lot to go on with that because I haven't thought of that before. All right, all right. So you're going A New Hope, and then you're going uh, Revenge of the, or Return of the Jedi. Then what? After that, then I go to The Force Awakens and Rogue, Rogue One. You like Force Awakens more than Rogue One? I did, only because I really, really like the new, car- the new villain. Kylo. Kylo Ren. Right. Yeah. That's a great villain. Yeah, he is a good. Did you think he lost any credibility as the like the big evil guy when he took the mask off? Or did you like that? I like that he's been de- demasked. We got to see that he's evil on the inside. And it's not just on the outside that he's evil. Mm-hmm. He's evil at the core. Do we say spoiler alerts? Are, they, are we going to do some spoilers? Because let's be honest with you. Kylo Ren kind of has a... He, he tugs on your heartstrings a little bit. You see the inner struggle. But then, I mean, when he when he puts his saber through Han Solo and you watch Han Solo fall to his death, I mean, come on. I, Immediately, you hate Kylo Ren in all the ways you're supposed to hate a villain. I 100% agree. When he killed Han Solo, I wanted to ha- have a lightsaber fight against him. But You, you would have got smoked. Well, probably. But we don't know <laughs> that. I think I can use the Force. With the Force of awake, Awoken in you, the same way it did with Rey. Probably. I... Uh, I see no evidence Let, of the Force in your life. Out of all the people you know, who's the most Jedi-like? I know a lot of people. that I, I wasn't prepared for that question. I don't the, know. The answer is me, my friend. Mm, I don't know. Why don't you explain how Star Wars relates to the mission of the Christian in the, in the world today? All right. So, I mean, it's all good for us to love Star Wars and superheroes and comic books. But at the end of the day, we recognize that um, our love for Christ and the mission we have as Christians is first and foremost. And so for me, one of the things that I love about a lot of these nerdy things is that you can relate them to your Christian life in such awesome ways. Uh, Maybe one day we'll do an episode about um, all of the ways in which uh, Superman is like Christ, or you might say Batman is like Christ. There's, There's cool ways that you can start to relate these things to the faith. 
What really attracted me to this idea of marrying uh, the idea of the Rebel Alliance to our love for theology was uh, it, it kind of comes down to the, the original trilogy, if you're thinking of that in terms of Star Wars, they end with this big decisive victory, right? The Death Star gets blown up and you, you think, good guys won, yay. Now, you're, uh, I would say, a higher level nerd than I am. Did the story end there, Chris? No, of course it didn't end there, Nate. There's a, probably a dozen books that you've read on the subject of what happens after the destruction of the Death Star. Yeah, that Disney said no longer exists, but I've read them. <laughs> so they exist in your mind. They do. They do. And it's, it's just like the, our world today. Just because Christ had the decisive victory at the cross doesn't mean that everybody has been converted to Christ already. Right. And that's where I think that the, uh, this analogy uh, really uh, resonates with me. So you have the decisive victory, the Death Star is blown up, just like we have this decisive victory on Calvary. Christ died on the cross. Uh, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Scripture tells us that he died as a propitiation for our sins. So the idea that Jesus once and for all defeated death, took the sting out of death, defeated sin, um, but there's still a lot of work to be done. So the rebels uh, have blown up the Death Star, but the empire is still spread throughout the galaxy. There's plenty of uh, solar systems and plenty of planets that are still under empire control. And so even though the, the trilogy ends there, the rebels' work isn't done. Now kind of more hard work comes into play. Yeah, Han and... Uh, Admiral Akbar and Luke and Chewie, they, they won this big and awesome victory, but now the rest of the rebels need to get to work and go and liberate the rest of the galaxy from under galactic uh, imperial control. And so we as Christians, Jesus died on Calvary. He defeated sin, defeated death. He made a way back to God through his own substitutionary death. But then Jesus does something that's really interesting and unique you know, I often say I'm so glad I'm not Jesus, and I'm sure our listeners are also very glad I'm not Amen. Jesus. <laughs> but if I was Jesus, the strategy wouldn't have been to ascend to the right hand of the Father and leave the rest of the work to do to, you know, his ragtag bunch of disciples. We were just talking earlier today, Chris, about how uh, Peter seemed to really have a foot-shaped mouth, right? He's getting into trouble all the time. <laughs> Matthew 15, we were just talking about Jesus turns around and he says, are you still so dull, Peter? And, uh, and so, but Jesus' strategy was, I'm going to ascend to the right hand of the Father. That's where I'll sit down. All authority, heaven and earth, has been given to me. But he's going to charge his disciples to go out and make disciples of all nations, which is interesting because now, just like the, the rebels who now have to go and, and liberate the world from galactic tyranny, so too do we have to now go out into the kingdom of darkness and as Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says, uh, bring those uh, with, through saving relationship with Christ out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And so our work as Christians is very much like the work of a rebel, the work of part of the rebel alliance, and that is to go and liberate the world from galactic tyranny. Now, we know that uh, one of the things that Jesus said, and he says it in 1 John, uh, that one of the reasons he came into the world was to destroy the works of the devil. And so uh, where I go to kind of put these things together would be Matthew chapter 12. So in context here, Jesus has just been accused by the Pharisees of uh, uh, casting out demons by the power of demons, right? And so Jesus turns around to the Pharisees and he says, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid to waste. This is in Matthew chapter 12. 
Every kingdom divided against itself is laid to waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Jesus obviously cast out demons by the power of God, not by the power of demons. So the kingdom has obviously come. He says, if it's by the spirit of God, I cast out demons, then you know the kingdom has come upon you. So the kingdom is here. He says, or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Indeed, he then, or indeed, he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So if you're reading this, uh, it might be a, a bit of a shock that Jesus is giving some advice on how to break in and steal the goods of somebody. <laughs> Jesus isn't giving uh, the, thie- the thieves a how-to uh, break-in guide, uh, how, to, how to be a robber for dummies. Uh, but he's obviously giving us an analogy. He's giving us a story here. And the story is that Jesus came into the world to bind up the strong man. In this little analogy, Satan is the strong man. He was just talking about his kingdom being opposed to Satan's kingdom. So the story of Jesus coming and dying on the cross is the story of Jesus coming and binding up Satan. And it says the goal of binding up Satan is so that his house can be plundered. In other words, his world can be plundered. So what happened on the cross is Jesus bound up Satan and uh, defeated his hold on the world, so to speak. And then he released his people to go and plunder the house of the devil. That's that's the, the age that we're in. That's the story that we're telling. That's where we are in the last 2,000 years of church history is Christians going into the world that is Satan's kingdom and plundering his house. Jesus bound him up and left all the windows and the doors to his house open for us to walk in and plunder his goods. So through every salvation, through every um, stronghold that's taken down, through every ideology that's refuted, um, every thought that's taken captive and made obedient to Christ, we are plundering the kingdom of darkness. It's like the rebels going into the galaxy and one by one liberating the worlds from galactic control. So Star Wars is pretty profound. Absolutely. And he can take that even to another, another level. Christ did the work by binding up the strongman, just like Luke did the work defeating, defeating the Empire. But the Empire still existed in the rest of the galaxy. Every planet was still under their policies, under their rule. Well, the rebels still had to go and change people's minds about, like you said, ideologies, about laws, about just general culture and deed. And the rebels had to go out and eradicate those things, just like Christians today have to start getting involved in things like government and education. And we start have to change the policies to the policies that should be in place, which is based on God's word. So you got to think, a, a galaxy that was under the control of Darth Sidious for so many years, a, a galaxy that was under the control of the Empire for so many years, would have some pretty whack ideas about what, how the universe should be run, how the galaxy should be run. And when you look at the world around us, I mean, it, things are pretty dark, right? We, we put tens of thousands of babies to death in the womb uh, in Canada alone. Um, there's all kinds of um, governmental uh, policies in place that are so anti-biblical. If you read your Old Testament and you read what God established as his law, and then you look at some of the legal systems in Canada or in the U.S., you realize how far we've strayed. And why is that? Because for 2,000 years, the, the world uh, has still been in control of the evil one. But, like you said, the, uh, the, the power that he had is broken. And so it's now 
what the Christians are called to do to go into the world and, and make everything obedient to Christ. In fact, 1 Corinthians 15 is what I'm reminded of. And there's this idea where Jesus says, um, you know, uh, that I will sit at the right hand of my father. So Paul's talking about where Christ is. And he says uh, he's sitting at the right hand of the father and he'll stay there until all enemies are placed under his feet in victory. And so that's kind of where we are. We're in that place in history where slowly by slowly but surely, one convert at a time, one policy at a time, one ideology at a time, we are putting things under the feet of Jesus in victory. We're pro- proclaiming, hey, Darth Sidious isn't the emperor anymore, right? Satan isn't in control anymore. He's not the king anymore. There's, there's a new king, King Jesus. And, uh, and the early Christians got that. The book of Acts tells us in Acts 17 that uh, Paul and Silas, they go to Thessalonica and the Pharisees get all riled up because they're teaching about Jesus and they go into Jason's house looking for Paul and Silas and they, they can't find them. So they drag out Jason and they say, you know, these men, talking about Paul and Silas, who have turned the world upside down, they've come here to preach their new ideology as well. And they said what that ideology was. They said they're teaching uh, against the decrees of Caesar, that there's another king, King Jesus. And that's, that would have been the message of the, rebel, the rebels at the time. Hey, the emperor is overthrown. There's a new galactic rule. And that's the message of Christians. There's a new king on the block. His name is Jesus. He has the right to rule. King Jesus is king. Deal with it. Now, obviously, we could talk about Star Wars all day, Chris. Um, but uh, are, are, are we only going to spend this podcast talking about Star Wars? No, our, our listeners can expect a lot of different things. All things theology and all things related to nerdum, we're going to cover on this podcast. We'll tackle the hard questions, like, can a Christian lose their salvation? Should believers call abortion murder? And the not-so-serious stuff, like, who would win in a race, the Flash or Superman? I don't think that's a tough question, Chris, but we'll get to that another time. So, um, so we're talking about nerdy stuff. We'll talk about theology. Uh, what's the goal here? Uh, why, why are people listening to two nerdy guys talk about nerd stuff and talk about the Bible? What, what's our hope? What's our goal? Well, Nate, we really want people to grow in their love of Jesus, their affection for Christ, but also to engage culture in a way that's meaningful and impactful that they can use in real life works. So the next time at your work, uh, when Star Wars comes up, you have some content to throw at them to bring the, uh, the Star Wars conversation around to the gospel. Um, now, just like every good sermon ends with a point of application, uh, we want to end these podcasts with a really quick life hack. Uh, life hack is just something that, uh, that makes life just a little bit simpler, something really simple to remember and easy to do. Um, so we'll make this uh, Christian life hack. Here's the question, Chris. Uh, how do you get into good, meaningful gospel conversations at work? Well, one quick way I can get to get people to know first that I'm a Christian, but then to ask me about my faith is I'll just throw a good Christian book on my desk. I've read the book. People will want to talk to you about what you're reading because the truth is these days, most people don't read. So they see somebody who's taking the time to read a book. They're going to ask you about that book. And then it gives me a chance to share what's in that book and what I believe about that book. So you're just sitting at your desk, you're doing your regular work, and you got it, uh, we'll say, John Piper's Don't Waste Your Life, sitting on your desk. Somebody comes up and says, oh, what are you reading? Exactly. It's a conversation starter, Nate. Somebody can look at what you're doing, and they can choose to enter in a conversation about that book, and it gives you an opportunity to, without being abrasive or, or pushing anything on them, you can talk about something that's truth to you. There you go. Christian life hack. How do you get into good God-honoring conversations at work? Keep a good Christian book on the corner of your desk in plain sight. 
but you have to have read the book, right? Well, that's, that's the key. You have to be able to talk about it knowledgeably. So read good books and then keep them on your desk. Get into good God glorifying conversations. So there you go. That's episode one of, uh, the rebel Alliance podcast. Uh, we're going to kind of try to do uh, several more of these, taking all the things that we love about nerdum, taking all the things that we love about the Bible and theology, and trying to put our hands together and talk about culture in a meaningful and relevant way. Anything you want to say to close off, Chris? Sounds good to me, Nate. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye.